Steve Skipper is one of the most prolific artists in the realms of sports, civil rights, equestrian, and Christian artwork. He shattered barriers of race and education in the art world. He is the first African-American to complete artwork sanctioned by NASCAR, University of Alabama, PGS, and PBR. He also has work hanging on permanent display in some of the most hallowed halls in America, including the Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, and the International Sports Hall of Fame, plus the Paul W. Bryant Museum and the Lyndon B. Johnson Presidential Library and Museum. And Steve, it's uh, it's an interesting story that you have when you take a look at what you've gone through in life and the culmination of everything you've done from growing up, getting into art, and then a movie that's coming out about your life story. And that's all what we're going to talk about here today. But first off, uh, welcome and thank you for joining us here today. Uh, thank you. Um, it's my pleasure to be with you. Now, the movie that's coming out, and it's coming out uh, in November of 2020, and it's called Colors of Character. And it's a movie based on your life and your art and it kind of shows um, a lot of different things about what you've gone through, and and it all kind of accumulates with your faith and with your art. And so, what I thought we'd first do is kind of get a foundation, and if you can give us a little bit of insight into uh, your growing up, how your childhood was, the things that you went through, um, just to give us a little idea of where you've come from uh, to where you are today. Well, I uh, grew up in a little small town called Rosedale. Uh, that's a, a little uh very, very small part of a place called Homewood in Alabama. And uh grew up in a little uh area called uh that was uh in my home uh we had a lot of dysfunction in the home. And a lot of times dysfunction causes a child to 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 be affected in a in a in a really powerful way, a powerful way that parents can't see a lot of times. And in my situation that I'm about nine years old I saw a few things that I shouldn't have seen and uh, witnessed at the same time my mom being unfaithful to my dad. And I think that that uh, released a tremendous amount of anger on the inside of me because I thought my son rose and fed on my dad. So uh, from 9 to 13, uh, that anger had a, uh, a opportunity to, to really build and build and build until some, you know, demonic spirits uh started really talking to me and dealing with me and and uh with the brokenness in my home like it was i think that uh the enemy satan really set me up uh uh for a, a really big part of deception in the fact that uh at 13 i was introduced to not only drugs but i was introduced to a gang called the Crips, which um it's not really a, a gang of, of young men hanging on the on the corner but this is a very sophisticated uh, organization uh, and a very, very demonic organization at the same time uh, where they presented themselves as family and, and where I was broken, where Satan saw I was broken inside was in the area of family. And so when the, uh, the deception was that this was going to replace what I always wanted and always thought I needed, but it didn't. It was a, a huge deception. And so coming into the gang situation, there was a life of, uh, very, very high level demonic activity. And, uh, at, at age 16, uh, make a uh, long story kind of a little bit short. At age 16, I was introduced to Jesus Christ, which broke the bonds of, of uh, all that bondage and everything that I got from the gang activity. And, uh, God blessed me, uh, tremendously in the area of artwork. And, uh, here we are today. 
Was it an easy transition to move from the gang life, being an addict, to following Jesus? No, no, no. This was extremely hard. Um, you're in a, a very, very sophisticated, when I say sophisticated, I mean that Satan has some things uh, very, very regimented and very, very detailed. And when it came to the kind of gang that I was in, uh, the only way that you, that they, their creed was the only way that you get out is you die out. And so when I got saved, you know, I was very, very happy. The Lord had forgiven me of all my sin and everything. And then at the same time, I was addicted to drugs. But there was two steps that I had to take after the night that I got saved. I had to go home and I thought I was going to have to go through withdrawal. And I, I had witnessed other people that I had sold drugs to, uh, going through withdrawal. I know it was a violent, uh, act, you know, going through your body and your mind and, and uh, I went home and I sat up in my bed waiting on withdrawal. And it's been 46 years. I'm still waiting. It's not happened. God really set me free. But at the same time, I knew that I had to go back to the gang members and tell them that I was going to leave. And I, I'd witnessed other people saying that they were going to leave. And I knew what happened. So the night for me, when I got saved, I had fallen in love with Christ so much, ministered, ministered in such a, an effective way that it radically changed my life and I fell in love with Jesus. And so going to the gang members and letting them know that I was going to be getting out, I knew exactly what's going to happen. I knew I was going to get killed. So when I said what I said, I turned around and I actually expected to be shot in the back. I knew I was going to go to heaven. But at the same time, I put one foot in front of the other and I kept walking. And so I've been walking for 46 years. Nobody never said anything. I think the traumatic and radical change that Christ made in my life I think that had an effect on everybody that was in there. And at the same time, you know, all these years later and everything I know about God right now, I know that when the anointing of God, anointing of Jesus Christ is on the life of somebody, the presence of demonic spirits, can they can't handle that. They don't know anything to, what to do with that. That's the most powerful force in the world is the presence of Jesus Christ on the life of a person. And I know that looking back, I know that when I walked in that room, everything in the room started trembling, like the Bible said. And at the same time, uh, nobody said anything to me for 46 years. Steve Skipper is with us. And Steve, uh, you're in this gang life, a drug addicted gang life. How did, how did you find Jesus? Was there somebody that came to you or was it an experience that you had? Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to find Jesus? Well, uh, we had robbed some people on a Friday night. And, you know, when we robbed people, we didn't just say stick them up. I mean, we would, we would get, you know, we'd rent a U-Haul, a huge U-Haul truck and go and rob somebody's home in the, in, you know, in the rich neighborhoods and stuff like that. We'd take everything in the house. So we were celebrating in the park one day. And this park had a swimming pool. And the lifeguard in the swimming pool was a guy named Mike Mitchell. Everybody called him Big Mike. And he looked down there where we were. We were down there getting high and celebrating and everything. And so it's about 13 of us down there. And he yelled down there. He said, Steve Skipper, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to stop doing that stuff. And I mean, 13 of us. And he picks me up. And so I'm the leader at this point. And so everybody is packing. Everybody is armed. I mean, heavily armed. And so uh, to single us out like that was really a mistake, to tell you the truth. And, and uh uh, to give any kind of attention to us at all. We, we didn't want to draw any kind of attention at all. Because when you're doing what you're doing, you want to do it in the cloak of darkness. And, you know, Jesus said in the, in the scripture, men love darkness rather than light because it covers up their evil deeds. And so we were sitting there trying to be as quiet as we could and do what we wanted to do. 
And so Mike went one step uh, further. He came out from around the fence uh, where the pool was, and he came actually out there where we were, and I knew he was a dead man. And the guy, the guys around me, everybody went for their guns, but at the same time, I told them to leave me alone. Because on the inside, deep down in my soul, I was actually tired of doing what I was doing. You know, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. And then Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He didn't say rest for your body. He said rest for your soul. So when you're doing all this evil stuff, there's a part of you that's been created by God that really longs for God. And I was at the point where I was actually tired, but I couldn't show the guys that was around me, you know, because I'm leading. I'm leading actually, actually leading demonically. And so I can't let them know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really ready for what he's saying. And so he made me a bet. He said, I tell you what, I'll stop talking to you about Jesus Christ if you agree to go to church with me one night. And I told him, I, that's a bet. And so I'd been to church before, you know, you know, go into church and people start singing and all that kind of stuff to get excited and everything. And then by the time they get excited, what I do, I plan to do 15 minutes in, I know they'd be singing and stuff. And so I was playing, I was going to step out of the church and go meet a guy and start doing speed. And so that was my plan to go in 15 minutes. But I didn't realize that God had a plan where I would go in and stay 46 years and never let the guy outside to doing the speed. I mean, that's amazing to think about the boldness of Big Mike to step forward and confront you like that, knowing that his life is on the line. And then the transformation that you've had, you mentioned it's been 46 years since you walked away. In those 46 years, I imagine you've seen a lot, you've done a lot, but you are one of the most prolific artists when it comes to the realms of sports and civil rights, um, Christian artwork, things like that. How did you because you don't have a background, you don't have a formal training in art, but I've seen some of your work and it's amazing. I mean, it's phenomenal, the the talent that you have that God has given you. But how did you get into art? Well, my brother used to be, he used to draw, you know, he never painted. And I had an uncle that used to draw that very, very good. And I wanted to do everything that they did. And, and it was something that I just pushed and pushed and pushed. In their fourth grade, one of my fourth grade teachers noticed that it was something special about my artwork. And so she went went and told the principal, you know, we need to allocate some funds for this guy to to, to get some some art supplies for him. And the principal said, "There's no money here." And so uh, she went and and got the art supplies with her own money and went went to my home one day. And she told my mom, "One day he's going to be real special in art. He has something real, real special." And my mom, she really couldn't see it because, you know, I thought at that point in time, I thought my mom was against the idea, but my uncle. Uh, wanted to be an artist and this was back in the 40s man when he was growing up and he wanted to be an artist and back then uh, an african-american never would say you want to be an artist that was taboo i mean people would you know people were were beaten and killed for stuff like that there were only a few labor jobs and stuff like that were meant for african-americans so she thought that if i pursued this that i was going to end up the same way because my uncle ended up depressed and an alcoholic and he ended up with cancer and he died and so uh, that's why she kept trying to discourage it, but I didn't know at the time. And so, um, just kept going on. But the night that I got saved, the minister looked me straight in the face as if he was talking to nobody but me. And he started to talk about that God had given us certain gifts and talents and everything. And God was actually concerned with every aspect of your life, not just, you know, the religious or the spiritual, but every aspect of your life that he had chosen us before the foundation of the world and given us gifts to change the world. 
And then he looked me straight in my eye and he said, every time you use that gift, you're going to glorify God. Well, for years, I had buried my gift, my artistic talent. I had buried that under the gang activity. But then that night when he said that, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ that night, I fell in love with Jesus. And he, I remember something else he said. He said that every time you use the gift, you glorify God and you make him, he, he actually is happy over the fact that you use it. That's like pouring gasoline on the fire. So I started using my talent, using it, using it, using it. And the next thing you know, man, I mean, it's like a snowball going downhill. People started noticing. Um, I started doing some stuff. Uh, God, I, I had a job and then God called me off my job to do artwork full-time, full-time business. I didn't know anything about, about art. I didn't know anything about business, but he was telling me everything to do in artwork, how to draw. He was telling me how to paint. He was telling me which colors to mix and which brushes to use and all this kind of stuff. And one thing you underestimate God, man, we underestimate the fact that, you know, we put a lot of emphasis, as we should, on the fact that he's a savior, he's a deliverer, and he's a healer. But a lot of times we we underestimate him when it comes to creative. You know, nobody knows creativity like God, and nobody can teach creativity like God. And so he taught me everything I know. And I remember being a senior in high school and 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 uh my counselor said you got a you got a full scholarship to Florida State. It's a fine art scholarship, full ride. And I remember God whispering in my ear. I had just gotten saved. He whispered in my ear and said, We're not gonna take the scholarship, I'm gonna teach you everything you need to know. And I remember telling her that and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I think about two or three weeks ago, I thought about her because I was at Florida State University and they were down there commissioning me to do a painting of Bobby Bowden, the head uh, legendary coach down there. And here I am at Florida State University with the gift and the talent that God had given me at the university where he told me not to go. Nobody can do this like Christ. You know, that's an interesting statement because we take a look at creation. God created the colors. God created you know, sunsets that we might see that are beautiful, the skies, the storms that come through, you know, the the birds, the animals, everything that God created in creation is beautiful. So sure, God would be the master painter to learn from. In, in, oh, yeah, and then, and then, then he turns around and he does his masterpiece and he does a self-portrait with me and you. That's right. I mean, he's prolific. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how oftentimes too that we, you know, we can kind of dismiss that as Christians. We, we want to get that education. You know, for you to say to turn down Florida State, a lot of people would probably think you're a little crazy to turn down a full ride. But like you said, you were following God's will and what he wanted you to do. And the dividends paid off even greater than if you would have rejected what God was telling you to do and wanted to do your own thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never could have figured this out. There's no way. I mean, I know people who, who got scholarships and who went on to school, you know, graduated with me, but, and then they're watching, they're getting ready to watch the movie Colors of Character. And so I don't know how God did all of this, but I'm, I'm just, I tell you, man, it's been an extremely great ride. <laughs> now for art enthusiasts that are listening, your, your style, I guess, is a super realism specializing in oils, pastels. You've got some acrylics and pencil. So you really do spend hours with these paintings and they're hanging in all kinds of uh, hall of fames. You've got the pro football hall of fame, the college football hall of fame. You mentioned you're from Alabama. You've got the Alabama sports hall of fame that is showing your work. Um, you've also been, had some unveilings done in Las Vegas at the MGM grand and the Monte Carlo. So your art is really well renowned, uh, well known and renowned. And a lot of people, um, obviously love the work that you do. And so now it's come to this, movie 
colors of character. How did that come about? Wow, what a great question. Um, wow. I was, I was, I was having a lunch one day with a friend and we started, I started talking about my testimony. And so he said that I have a, I have another friend you need to meet. And, and I said, okay. And so he scheduled a lunch for the next week and he brought this other guy up and the guy was a writer. And I, I gave him, you know, my testimony again. And so this guy said, this would make a great book. And so we got together and after a couple of years or so, uh, we put together a book and got it published and everything. And then from Snowball, uh, another guy, uh, read the book and said, this would make a great movie. And so we got together and so we started talking. We didn't have any money or anything like that. We were just sitting there dreaming about how this would be great. And then God just set our spirits on fire and we knew we were going to do this thing. And so next thing you know, the money started to come for the equipment. And the next thing you know, we started to do the filming and stuff. And then next thing you know, we had a meeting with investors. And next thing you know, we had a meeting with marketing people. And the next thing you know, movie. And so uh, I sit in a room where we're getting ready to sign all the paperwork and get everything done with the marketing people and everything. And I'm, I have this, this, you know, this, um, I don't know how you say it, but this reality check where, Step by step by step by step. The only thing I was doing was just putting my head down and obeying God and walking the way he, he told me to go. And and the next thing you know, we have this vehicle where we're fixing a witness to the world and let them know the power of God and what he can do in their individual life. And it's just overwhelming. It's not so much as uh, a dream come true. I never had enough sense to dream this big. And uh, I'm just praising God for this opportunity. It's amazing as long as we follow what God's telling us to do. He will open the doors even though we might see a wall of something blocking us from from it. And and, and our reality might be, how is this going to happen? Like you mentioned, there's no money, there's nothing here, but God will open the doors and make things happen. Now, the, um, the movie is coming out mid-November. For those of you that are in states where you can actually go to the theater, it's coming out in theaters. Um for the rest of us, we'll just have to kind of wait because we're in California, still in lockdown. But again, you can go to um, the website, colorsofcharactermovie.com, colorsofcharactermovie.com to see uh, more information, to find out more information. I think there's a trailer there as well. Um, it's a great movie, a lot of information, a lot of stuff in there that everyone's going to enjoy. And then for you, is it steveskipperstudio.com where they can take a look at your work? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because there's some amazing paintings there that people should uh, check out and see. Um, the portfolio is there, uh, a bio. You can find out more about Steve. Um, so the, the movie website is colorsofcharactermovie.com and then uh, steveskipperstudio.com for his uh, personal website to see all his uh, art and stuff. Now, you mentioned you were commissioned to do a painting on Bobby Bowden, uh, the like you said, legendary coach at Florida State. Um, of all the, the paintings that you've done, portraits and things like that, I mean, you've got portraits in, you know, presidential libraries and the sports hall of fames, like I mentioned. Do you have a favorite or maybe a couple favorite? Uh, that's what, that, was that too hard? That's a good question <laughs> because it, it's almost like saying which, which is my favorite to tell. But, um, I tell you what, some experiences that we've had, um, I've just finished one on Bart Starr. Uh, that's going to be marketed through the Green Bay Packers. Bart Starr was a, not only a tre- tremendous player for the Packers, but 
he was a tremendous man and a friend, a personal friend. And he commissioned a painting before he passed away. And uh, I'm actually working on a painting right now of Ambassador Andrew Young, who was one of the, the closest confidants to Dr. King. And this is one that's going to chronicle his life before, during, and after Dr. King. And and then there's Bobby Bowden, um, uh, tremendous man, a tremendous man of God, uh, legendary football coach. And uh, looking very much forward to that. And, you know, we've got so many others that's coming behind those. But uh, off the top of my head, you know, there's none that's going to top, you know, the Christian artwork which features Christ. I mean, once you do Jesus, everybody else is downhill. <laughs> right. Now, I was just curious if there was, because sometimes, like you mentioned, artists, it's kind of hard to pick one. Um, like you said, do you, do you have a favorite? Um, do you like doing, does it matter, like sports figures or civil rights figures? I know you mentioned Jesus, but let's remove that theme, the Christian artwork out. Um, do you have, do, do you prefer doing sports or civil rights or something else? Or is it just whatever God inspires you to do, you're going to do? I think that's it. I think whatever he inspires me to do, because I remember one night we were sitting in a studio at University of Alabama and just won the national championship and people calling me and asking me, am I going to do the painting? And I'm very, very happy about doing the painting. And then we're getting all these different people that are pre-ordering print and stuff like that. And I'm seeing all the dollar signs come in and all of a sudden God speaks to me and says, we're not going that way, we're going this way. And he pointed towards civil rights artwork and the market for civil rights artwork at that time was terrible. And, it, you know, and I was like, why in the world would he say this? And, you know, not remembering God can read your mind. But, I, you know, he said, we're going this way to do this this way. And so trusting him and knowing who he is and knowing his decision and not to lean to my own understanding, but let him, you know, direct my path. The best thing that ever happened to me was to do the, the, the civil rights artwork. You know, that's what put me in contact with Ambassador Young, and that's what got me a commission from the Bahamian government to do a painting of the scene where Dr. King was when he went over there to write his Nobel Peace Prize speech. You know, that's that's the, the one that got me in front of uh, Congressman John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, Joseph Lowry, and all the civil rights icons. Uh, just We just sent a print to Harry Belafonte. And so uh, God knows what he's doing. And so I think that... Uh, uh, rather than say a certain kind of art or a certain thing, I just say stick to listening to the voice of God, man. And that's great advice for anybody. Just listen to the voice oh, of yeah. God and he will direct you. Yes. Steve, we appreciate your time. Again, the movie is Colors of Character. The uh, website is colorsofcharactermovie.com. The movie's coming out mid-November 2020. Theaters, you can get your tickets ahead of time now. I think they're available online. And then also uh, steveskipperstudio.com to check out all the uh, the paintings and the artwork. And I believe there's a book there that's uh, available if you want to get a collection of things in a book form. But, uh, Steve, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, may God continue to use you. And we look forward to uh, more things coming from you as the uh, years go by. Thank you so much. It's a Definite double honor for me to be on your program today. Thank you so much.